Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. We're starting a new series today that I'm going to call Strong Faith in Uncertain Times. Strong Faith in Uncertain Times. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us this morning. Pray that faith would ignite and explode in our lives like never before. If you agree, say amen. 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 Come on, 1130. You guys got to help me. My favorite service, best looking, loudest, rowdiest, most passionate service. Come on. All right. In fact, would you actually stand up to your feet? We're going to read Matthew chapter 9. You can turn in your Bibles or your phones or just follow along on the screen. If you don't own a Bible, come up afterwards. We'll be happy. We'd love to give you one. I'm going to read from the screen because I'm going to read from the NRSV. Matthew chapter 9, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, crying loudly, have mercy on us, son of David. By the way, that title, son of David, that, that is a messianic title. In other words, they recognized that Jesus was the one whom God had promised to come and be the Savior. They had heard about him, about the miracles, this miracle worker, this maybe he's the Messiah, his name is Jesus. And so they recognized that. And it says when he entered the house, when Jesus entered the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Church, that's a good question to ask yourself today. Do you believe that he is able to do this? You think, what do you mean by this? I don't know, you fill in the blank. <laughs> do you believe that he is able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. By the way, that's the right answer. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, we believe. And then look at this. And then he touched their eyes and said, would you read this statement with me? According to your faith, let it be done to you. Okay, let's read it again. Ready, go. According to your faith, let it be done to you. Next verse. And he, their eyes were open, and their eyes were open. As you sit down, tell the person next to you, say, I don't know how it's happened, but you're looking better than you did last year. Come on, tell somebody. You're looking better than you did last year. That word faith in the Greek, the original language, it means well, I'll get to that actually in a minute. According to your faith, according to your faith, let it be done to you. That, that, is a, that is an incredibly powerful statement when you stop and think about it. You know what Jesus was really saying there? He's saying, you get to choose how much God blesses your life. You get to choose how much he uses you, how much he does in and through your life to impact this world for eternity for the kingdom of God. You get to choose and decide how many miracles you experience. To say it differently, if you have a lot of faith, God's going to get a lot done in and through your life. If you have a little bit of faith, he'll get a little bit done. If you have no faith, ain't a whole lot that's going to happen. Faith is the key to fulfilling God's will and plan and purpose for your life. Faith is the key to unlocking miracles in your life. Faith is the key to living the bold, courageous, adventurous life that God has created and called you to live. Somebody say amen. 
faith. Faith is the key. I want to show you a quick two-minute clip from uh, one of the Lord of the Rings movies. Actually, I was corrected. It's one of the Hobbit movies. One of my nerdy friends corrected me after the service. <laughs> no, no names mentioned, but Brigham Freeth and Ryan Garcia. And uh, anyways, this is a scene where the dwarves are hopelessly outnumbered. They are facing an impossible situation. In fact, did you know that the Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, was written by a man named J.R. Tolkien? Do you know that Tolkien was a believer? He knew the Lord. He helped lead C.S. Lewis to the Lord. Did you know that? And the Lord of the Rings, that, that what he wrote, he wrote it with a lot of biblical and spiritual parallels. You'll see it in, in this scene here right now. So the dwarves are outnumbered, and the dwarf king, he's the first one that you're going to hear talking. The dwarf king shows up to rally the troops, to talk to his leaders, and here we go, you'll enjoy it. I have no right to ask this of any of you. But will you follow me one last time? I'm gonna have to act this out or ad-lib here. miss the sound, but the scene begins with the dwarf king saying, will you fight with me? Will you come to battle with me one last time? And then I love that. Then Gandalf says, they're rallying to their king. Men and women, will you rally to your king Jesus to face any and every impossible situation in this world? Come on. Will you pray impossible prayers? Will you dream big dreams? Will you be bold witnesses? Will you take a courageous stand for Christ no matter what happens in this world? The most daring, exciting, and fulfilling thing that you could ever do with your life is to follow Jesus and live a life filled with faith. It is to follow him, follow Jesus until you die, to rally to your king. God wants us to be men and women of faith who refuse to hide and cower in fear while the world goes to hell. 
who will advance and charge and advance the kingdom of God and bring his light and his life and his love to this world until the king returns again, who bravely follow our king into the future. Faith, by the way, is spelled R-I-S-K. <laughs> spelled risk. No risk, no reward. No faith, no miracles. Life becomes an adventure. Following Jesus becomes the adventure that it is supposed to be when you begin to step up and step out and boldly and courageously live with strong faith, then you're fully alive. And this is the kind of faith that pleases God, by the way. If you have your Bible, flip over to Hebrews chapter 11. This is where we're, we're going to land here this morning. Hebrews chapter 11, starting in, in verse 6. I just want to look at this first phrase. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Go ahead and put that up. Let's read this together. Ready, go. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Let's say it again louder. No, go back. Go back, sorry. Thanks, guys. Go back. Let's read it again louder this time. Ready, go. It is impossible to please God without faith. Think about that statement for a minute. The word faith in, in the Greek, in the original language, it means reliance. It means confidence. It means conviction. It means trust. It means belief. And in the, that statement right there, in the, in the, in the Greek, it is emphatic. In fact, you could actually translate it, it is impossible to please God at all without faith. I don't know about you, but I want to be a God pleaser, not a people pleaser. <laughs> Come on, I'm going to say it again. I want to live for an audience of one. By the way, that makes your life a lot more simple. I laugh now. I have to laugh as in my role as lead pastor now. Almost every single week, just yesterday or two days ago, I, Shannon called me. I hear of somebody who's mad at me for something I did do or I didn't do. Somebody who's mad at me for something I said or didn't say. And listen, if I tried to live my life to please all of you, I would be miserable and I won't last very long. My job is to listen to the Lord and live for him and him alone. And if some people will like it, some people won't. And the same thing was true of Jesus, by the way. Live your life, men and women, for an audience of one, to be a God-pleaser. As a church, I want us to live faith-filled lives that are pleasing to God. Go to, go to the next part of that verse, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. The starting point of faith is the simple but profound recognition that God exists and he is real. Reminds me of the story about a man who fell off the side of a cliff and as he sailed through the air, he reached out and somehow managed to grab hold of a, a branch that was protruding and, and was hanging on there. And as he looked up, he was about 100 feet or so you know, down. He thought, there's no way I can get back up there. He looked down, it was about 1,000 feet and, and, and he was just realized he was literally stuck and and thought, well, I guess this is a good time to talk to God. So he called, is there anyone up there? A voice replied, yes. Are you God? The voice replied, yes. Can you help me, the man asked. <laughs> yes, came the reply. Well, what happens now, the increasingly desperate man 
asked. First, do you trust me? God asked. Yeah, sure, the man said kind of impatiently. God answered, then let go of the branch. The man paused for a minute, looked back up to heaven and said, is there anyone else up there? (laughs) You know, the Bible, there's a phrase in the Bible, it's repeated several times, and it says, the fool says in his heart that there is no God. Romans chapter 1 says that God has made himself known to every person so that we're without excuse. Faith starts with a simple recognition that, God, you are real. And you want to be involved in my life. And then it says that he rewards those who sincerely or diligently seek him. Church, by the way, what are you diligently seeking after in your life right now? Are you a God seeker in your life? My brother, Pastor Josh, talked about it a few minutes ago. But we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting. In fact, we, uh, we're now about day uh, seven or so. So I know a lot of us missed last week because it was a holiday weekend. 14 days left, like Josh said. Every year our church starts off with 21 days of prayer and fasting. You know why? Because we want to seek the Lord. We want to commit ourselves individually and corporately as a church family to dedicate this year to the Lord and to seek him with all of our hearts. Jesus, that's, that's really what fasting is all about. Prayer and fasting are a powerful spiritual combination, by the way. So if you haven't jumped in yet, you're invited to jump in for the next two weeks. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek the kingdom of, of God above all else. Other translations say, seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. Everything that you need. Faith pleases God. Faith pleases God, and the absence of faith displeases God. Faith is what God responds to. Faith moves the heart and hand of God. Faith is difficult to describe in just one sentence. In fact, the Bible takes a whole chapter and a lot of other passages talking about faith and describing it to us. But Hebrews chapter 11 talks about the faith that pleases God, which is the title of my message. Hebrews chapter 11 is often referred to as God's hall of faith. And it's interesting, for those of you that have been reading Genesis in the Old Testament with your Grow Journal reading, you'll see several, several heroes of our faith in this chapter. I want to talk to you and give you a few principles on faith, uh, faith that pleases God. Number one is this, faith that pleases God believes when I don't see it. Faith that pleases God believes when I don't see it. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The world says, I'll believe it when I see it. Faith says, I'll believe it before I see it. There is a huge difference. I'll believe it before I see it. Faith is visualizing the future in the present. It is seeing what is not yet visible in advance. It's believing before you actually see it. By the way, There has never been a significant achievement in all of human history that was not accompanied by faith because somebody had to believe it before it could be done or accomplished. In other words, nothing happens until someone believes that it is possible. Even if you're here today or you're watching online and you think, I have no faith in God, I don't believe in God at all, you have faith in a whole lot of other things. 
and you might have faith in your business or to invent or create things. The, the Wright brothers believed that a plane could fly in the air before that ever happened. Walt Disney believed that he could build an amusement park here in Orange County just a few minutes away that would attract visitors from all around the world before they ever broke ground. Steve Jobs believed that he could create a phone that has more processing power than the same computers than computers that sent a man to the moon. Do you realize that? Your smartphone has more processing power than all the computers that sent somebody to the moon. He believed it before it actually happened, and now the whole world has an iPhone. In and out, come on, somebody, help me preach. In and out, believe that they could put two beef all American patties, drown it in American cheese, put some lettuce and tomatoes and some secret sauce, grill the buns, and create something called a double double that we could enjoy over and over and over again before it ever happened. Man, that's mean to show when we're fasting right now, but. What about you? Do you believe that Jesus can bring your lost wayward son or daughter home? Do you believe that he can heal your body? Do you believe that he can restore your broken marriage? Do you believe that he can free you from depression? Do you believe that he can bless your business so your revenue doubles this year? Do you believe that he can save you from a life of sin and hopelessness? Do you believe it before you see it? Jesus says in Matthew 17, verse 20, for truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Listen, without faith, it is impossible to please God, but with faith, nothing is impossible for God. Kind of a simple choice. No faith. I can't, it's impossible to please God, or with faith, all things are possible. Number two is this, faith that pleases God gives when I want to keep it. (laughs) It gives when I want to keep it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4 says, it was faith that made Abel offer to God a better sacrifice than Cain's. Through his faith, he won God's approval as a righteous man. You could read about that, Genesis 4, Cain and Abel, brothers, first brothers in the Bible, And it says they both gave to the Lord, but Abel gave in faith and Cain did not. In other words, their heart attitude was very different. By the way, church, there is a big difference between giving God your first and your best and giving him your last and the rest. Tithing, listen to me. Don't worry, don't get nervous. We're not taking an offering right now, okay? But let me teach you something. Tithing is really about trusting, It's really about trusting the Lord because faith and giving go together. God uses our finances to test and build our faith. Some people think, I can't afford to give. A tithe is 10%. Are you kidding me? If God gives me more, then I'll start tithing. I have news for you. No, you won't. No, you won't. If you're not giving with what you have right now, you're not going to give if you have more because it's not about an amount. It's about a heart attitude. (laughs) It got real quiet in here, sorry, but if I give more, then I'll give. Nope, that's not faith. Faith is giving sacrificially. Number three is this, faith that pleases God obeys when I don't understand it. Faith that pleases God obeys when I don't understand it. Let me make a, a side note here. We have a lot of young adults here at this service too. Let me just 
say something real quick. When it comes to the word of God and the truth of the word of God, you have to make a decision that when you're confronted, when you're confronted with the truth of the word of God, if it comes against your own opinions, your own perspectives, or cultural viewpoints, or your own worldview, are you going to obey the word of God, or are you going to keep doing what you want to do and just ignore it? Because guess what? The word of God's not going to change. And maybe you don't agree with it, agree with it. Maybe it ain't popular anymore. Maybe you don't understand why God put it in his word, but are you going to obey or are you going to keep living life your own way? All right, this is, you guys are real quiet, but quieter you get, the longer I'm going to go. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Noah was a great example of obeying when I don't understand. Hebrews 11:7 says it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. Amazing when you read about Noah. Before the flood happened, the Bible says it had never rained on the earth, that the earth was watered by a mist that came up from the ground. So when God says, comes to Noah and says, Noah, I want you to build an ark, Noah says, what's an ark? <laughs> it's a big boat. Why do I need to do that? Because it's going to flood. Noah says, what's a flood? And God said, it's going to rain a whole lot for a long time. And Noah says, what's rain? Noah didn't understand anything that God was asking him to do. But guess what? He obeyed anyways. And that's what faith does. Faith says, God, I trust you even when I don't track with you. Even when I don't know what or why you're doing something. Number four, faith that pleases God persists when I don't feel like it. When I don't feel like it. Faith is enduring. It's diligent, it's determined, it's tenacious, it's relentless, it is steadfast. By the way, this is the exact opposite of our culture today. What does culture tell us, Chris? If it feels right, if it feels good, do it. As long as it doesn't hurt somebody else, it's your body, your choice. Do what you want to do. Live by your emotions. Trust your feelings. Let them guide you into your truth. <laughs> That is the stupidest advice you could live your life by, by the way. As a result, our, our, our world is manipulated by their moods, led by their emotions. Church, listen to me right now. Mature people live by their commitments, not their emotions. I want to say it again. Mature people live by their commitments, not their emotions. The secret to success is not doing what you feel like doing. The secret to success is doing what you don't feel like doing. It is doing the things that other people are unwilling to do because it costs too much or it's uncomfortable. You don't become an Olympic athlete by just working out whenever you feel like it. You don't become a master musician by just playing an instrument whenever you feel like it. And you don't learn courageous, tenacious, strong faith by obeying God only when you feel like it. Faith is being persistent. It's doing the right thing when you feel like giving up. I don't feel like going to church, but I'm going to go anyway. I don't feel like reading my Bible, but I'm going to read it anyway. I don't feel like praying, but I'm going to pray anyway. I definitely don't feel like fasting, but I guess I'm going to give it a shot and I'm going to fast anyway. Come on, somebody. I don't feel like serving in kids' ministry because I've got thrown up on the last three weeks in a row. Do you know that happened to one of our workers in the nursery? Three weeks in a row, this same kid barfed on her. 
And guess what? She kept serving anyway. <laughs> I don't feel like forgiving my spouse, but I'm going to forgive anyway. I don't feel like preaching, but I'm going to preach anyway. <laughs> How do you develop this kind of persistence? Hebrews 11:27 tells us it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going, listen, because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Here's the secret, men and women. You keep your eyes on the prize. You fix your eyes on Jesus. You keep your eyes focused on the Lord. If your eyes are on other people, other Christians, even other pastors, even Pastor Judy, as holy as she is, even me, <laughs> That's a joke, by the way. At some point, you'll be hurt down, let down, disappointed. Some people, this is, is, always amazes me. Some people walk away from the church and the Lord because somebody let them down. You know what, you know what I think personally? I think their faith was in a pastor and it wasn't in, in the Lord in the first place. Because people who really know the Lord, even if they're hurt, they'll come back. They'll come back to church. Maybe it's a different church. I'm not, I'm trying to be careful here because I'm not trying to, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. I know stuff happens sometimes, but they'll go back to church, which is the bride of Christ, because their eyes are fixed on the Lord. Stay focused on the Lord. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is always faithful. Come on. His mercies are new every morning. Somebody say amen. Number five, faith that pleases God gives thanks before I receive it. That's an important principle of faith, isn't it, Marilyn? Thanking the Lord before we receive it. This is exactly what Joshua did with the Israelites. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days, and the walls came crashing down. If you know the story, you, or you can go back and read it. Joshua chapter 6. Joshua's leading the Israelites Crossed the Jordan River, he'd taken over from Moses, leading them into the promised land. And God speaks to Joshua in Joshua chapter 6, leads him to Jericho, the most fortified city in the world at that time. Massive, massive walls. And he speaks to Joshua and he says, see, I have given this city into your hands. And then he gives him a unique battle strategy and he says, I want you and the, and the Israelites to march around this city once a day for six days and then on the seventh day, I want you to march around seven times. And after the seventh time, when I, give the, when I give the command and tell you, you command the people to shout with a mighty shout of praise and a mighty shout of thanksgiving and then see what happens. Men and women, that's exactly what they did. When they began to praise and shout in advance, then the walls came down. You need to thank God in advance. Listen. Thanking God after he answers a prayer, that's good. That's called gratitude. Thanking God before he answers a prayer, that's called faith. And so you start praying prayers like, God, I thank you that you are healing my body, that by your stripes I am healed. God, I thank you that you're bringing my wayward spouse back uh, back into relationship with me. God, I thank you that we're going to get pregnant this year. No matter what the doctors and the tests have said, God, I thank you for this miracle that's going to happen. God, I thank you that I'm going to get out of debt. God, I thank you that the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. Come on, Russell, help me preach. Faith says that if God tells you to go after Moby Dick in a rowboat, then you take the tartar sauce with you. Come on, somebody. 
That only got three laughs. I should have just cut that joke out. Here's the last point. (laughs) Faith that pleases God. Trust even if I don't get it. Faith that pleases God. Trust even if I don't get it. Even if I don't get the answer to my prayer. Here's two important facts about God in prayer that you need to understand. Number one, God hears and answers every single one of your prayers. Do I need to say that again? I do. Okay, thanks, Lorraine. God hears and answers every single one of your prayers. Here's number two. God does not always answer them the way that you want them to be answered. Sometimes his answer is yes. That's what we all want, isn't it? Yes. But sometimes it's no. I think sometimes it's, are you serious? you got to be kidding me. <laughs> sometimes it's not now, just wait. And then sometimes it's, I've got a much better idea. Parents, grandparents, do you give your children or your grandchildren every single thing they want every single time? I hope the answer is no. <laughs> It would not be the loving thing to do to give them every single thing that they ask for. And guess what? God doesn't give us, his children, everything we ask for either. Is it because he doesn't love us? No, it's because he does love us. And he knows what's best for us. By the way, God is not your cosmic vending machine so that you just pop in a prayer and immediately get whatever you want. Vending machines dispense stuff sometimes that could kill you, like flaming hot Cheetos. Come on, you can't live off of those all the time. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. It says, meet all your needs, not all your greeds. There's a big difference. And so... When God says no, when you pray and pray and fast and, and muster every ounce of faith that you have, and the answer is no, how do you respond? You get mad? You throw a spiritual temper tantrum? Do you throw a pity party and invite all your friends who will commiserate with you and tell you what you want to hear, not what you need to hear? Do you walk away from the Lord and the church because, quote, unquote, God let me down? Or do you lean in and trust him to do what is best for you? Listen to me. Sometimes we pray for God to remove a challenge, a difficulty, an obstacle, a pressure, a stress. And instead of taking it away, he gives us the strength to go through the problem. And that's what the Bible says, by the way. Why does he do that? Listen to what Rick Warren says. God is more interested in my character than in my comforts. He is more interested in making me holy than making me happy. And so sometimes he gives me the ability to handle trials instead of removing them from your life. That is so powerful, men and women. That's what the Word of God says. That's Rick Warren's words, but the Word of God says that. James talks about that a lot of passages. If God took away all of your problems, all of my problems, we would be immature, spoiled brats, and we wouldn't need any faith. But God wants you to have character, and he wants you to have maturity, and he wants your faith to grow strong. 
Hebrews chapter 11 closes with this. It's, it lists all these great men and women, heroes of the faith, these, the faith that they had and what God did. But then it closes with this list. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. And others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. Living by faith does not exempt you from problems and challenges. Just ask our brothers and sisters in different parts of the world right now, like the Middle East, like Northern Africa, like parts of Asia, who right now as we speak, as we gather, they are chained and in prison. They're being tortured. Some of them are being executed and losing their lives for their faith. Is it because they don't have faith? Absolutely not. They're heroes of the faith, men and women. Because they continue to trust even when they don't get what they want. Listen, anyone can trust God when things are going great, but strong faith that pleases God is built in the valleys of life. It's trusting God when you don't get what you ask for, when you don't get what you ask for. How does God build our faith? Two primary ways. I'm closing, I I promise you, we're almost done. How does God build our faith? Two primary ways. Number one is right here through his word. The word of God, the Bible, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen, if you want to grow your faith this year, then you need to get into the word of God like never before. You will never be a a man or woman of strong faith if you're not a man or woman of his word. It will not happen. And just as you feed your body physically, you need to feed your faith every single day. I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you this year to read more of the Bible than you've ever read before. I don't know how much you've read, maybe you haven't read any of it, then good. (laughs) Then you're going to do better this year. If you've never read the Bible before, then start reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We use a, a tool that we call the Grow Journal, which you can get at the Connection Center out there. This will help you hear from the Lord every single day. Hear from his word and be encouraged in your faith. Maybe you've never read the New Testament before. Read the New Testament this year. Maybe you've never read through the entire Bible before. Read through the Bible this year. You're only a week behind. Start reading right now. Come on, men and women. If you want to grow in your faith, then read the Bible more than ever before. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm going to up my Bible reading, so up yours too. No, I'm just kidding. Don't say that. just kidding that's a line from my dad he'd be happy that I said that blame him second way that God builds our faith number one is through his word number two is through trials and tests through trials and tests faith is like a muscle it must be developed the only way that your faith grows is when you use it and you exercise it if you don't it will atrophy in strength men and women it's a muscle you have the Bible says 
work out your own salvation, Philippians says. You have to use your faith, and one of the ways is through trials and temptations and tests. First Peter chapter 1 says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Maybe today you feel like quitting and giving up. You're going through trials. You're going through tests. Man, you've been beat up. You feel like giving up. Giving up on your marriage. Giving up on your family or your kids. Giving up on your career or business. Giving up on your education, on your finances. Giving up on your dreams. Maybe there's a some sort of addiction or challenge in your life and you feel like you get up and take two steps forward, get knocked three steps back and you're just ready to just quit and forget it and fall back into that pit that the Lord's trying to pull you out of. Maybe you feel like quitting or giving up on your faith or even giving up on life itself. Feel helpless and hopeless like things are never going to change. God wants to remind you today, church, don't quit. Don't give up persevere, persist, take courage. God is for you and he is with you. He loves you and he has a good plan for your life. Come on, put your faith, put your trust in him because there is nothing that is impossible for him. Keep believing, keep giving, keep obeying, keep persisting, keep giving thanks, keep trusting in Jesus' name. Go to close your eyes for a moment if you would. If that's you today, and you're you're going through tests, you're going through trials, and part of you kind of feels like just giving up, I want to pray for you today. Would you just raise your hand, hold your hand up, and I want to see you, and I will pray for you and agree with you in prayer. Put your hands up all over this place. Put your hands up. Several, several people in here today, maybe online as well. Keep your hands up. Let me pray for you. Father, you see my brothers and sisters. God, you know exactly what each and every one of them is going through. Father, I pray that you would take this word, plant it, solidify it in their hearts. Pray that the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit would come upon them right now, that strength would come into their spirit. God, that they would remember and believe and trust and know that nothing is impossible for you and that you are with them and that you will see them through. In Jesus' name, amen. You can open up your eyes. One more thing that I want to do before we close this morning. Maybe you're here today, you're watching online, and you don't know the Lord. Maybe you know about Him, but you don't know Him. And there's a big difference. By the way, church, for those of you who know the Lord, which is which is most of us, you ought to be praying right now. You don't need to pray out loud, but you ought to be praying for the people around you. But maybe you're here today, and uh, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. I'm not asking, do you, know, do you know about him? Do you go to church? I'm not talking about being religious right now or joining a church. I'm talking about knowing and walking with the Lord in faith every single day. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And God loved you and he created you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. He loves you so much that he gave, he gave his first and best. His son Jesus who came and lived and died for you on a cross and for me. 
shed his blood. The cross is the bridge between you and me and God. It's the only way. And he, Jesus came to give us abundant and eternal life. He conquered death. Death is an enemy, but it's a defeated enemy. Sin is defeated. The powers of hell are defeated through Jesus. And he offers, he offers you to come and to live this adventure that's called faith and to know him and walk with him to spend eternity with him in heaven. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God has placed eternity in our hearts so that we are without excuse. Men and women, every single one of us are going to spend eternity somewhere. Eternity with God is called heaven. Eternity separated from God is called hell. And hell wasn't made for us. We were created for, for heaven. We were created to walk in faith with the Lord. I want to give you that opportunity right now. Would you close your eyes just one more time? And maybe you've never made that decision before, but the Bible says today's a day. Today's a day of salvation. Maybe you've, you've walked away from the Lord. You're walking your own path right now, but you want to come back to the Lord. You want to repent, turn around, come back to the Lord. He's waiting for you to come back. He loves you so much. God loves you, and he's for you. If that's you, one of those two categories... On the count of three, say, John, I want to be in relationship with the Lord. I want to make that decision. I want to receive salvation. For by grace you have been saved, Ephesians 2.8 says. God's love is unmerited favor. By, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. It's God's grace, but it's your faith. Putting your trust in Him. On the count of three, if that's you, raise your hand and look at me. Say, John, I want to know the Lord today. One, two, three. Lift your hand, hold it high. I see you right there, ma'am. I see you. I see you, young man, in the back. Anybody else here this morning? Anybody else? I don't want to miss anybody. Awesome. Two hands went up. Praise the Lord for that. If you made a decision online, let us know as well. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want to lead all of us, church, in this prayer of salvation and confession, supporting those two who just made this decision this morning. Let's pray it loud. Let's pray it strong. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, come on, say it loud and strong, church. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. I know that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of all of my sin. Right now, I surrender my life to you. Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior. Come into my life. Make me a new person. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I declare that heaven is my home, and I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, church, can we celebrate that this morning? Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc, or call 714-255-0930.